Y si el que Pour me Pour me another drink I don't wanna feel the pain No more than I I just wanna sleep until the pain wears off Pour me Pour me another round Like I'm looking up and down To move this go Yeah, I ain't never heard it like this before So I wanna think about it When I play with that So I wanna hit the carry of the buckets and the dad Tell me that they're strong But the street's gone If I'm ever gonna move, I'll see you I'm gonna need some whiskey glasses Welcome, everybody, to the Jersey Baseball Show today. You uh, just experienced a JBS first and probably last until we have uh, our guest on again the, the next time. You heard our guest actually introduce himself through the opening with his own music. John Wood uh, doing a cover of uh, Morgan Wallen's uh, Whiskey Glasses, great hit. And uh, we welcome John Wood to the show, senior pitcher at Mainland high school and I feel like if that's all we label you at we're kind of missing something important here because uh we are now also the first time I've ever got to introduce someone as a Nashville recording artist which we can say officially John tell us about let's before we get anything else welcome and tell us about that because like it said in the promo you went in under eight months from a D1 baseball uh verbal commitment to uh your signing day being a lot different than every other d1 baseball commit right so tell us about uh tell us about your crazy life right now who um well that's the best way i can put it it's crazy um it doesn't feel too real that it's all happening the way it happened uh, a couple months ago i thought i was going to be signing at my high school with my coaches to mount st mary's and like fast forward here i am signing to a record label when I committed to Mount St. Mary's, I didn't even think I'd ever sing in front of my parents. I didn't think I'd sing in front of anybody. And now I'm signing a deal to sing in front of a lot more people. So um, crazy is the way I can put it. It's kind of, I feel like it's a new life. Um, it still kind of hasn't hit me that I that it's happening. It still hasn't hit me that this is a real thing that I'm doing. I feel like, I don't, I don't know how to put it. I, it's kind of like one of those things that's like pinch me. It's a super cool feeling. And I'm extremely grateful for the support that I have. And I'm super, super thankful and blessed to be given the opportunity. It's, it's really a dream come true. Yeah, it's just an incredible story, right? I mean, because you go through last year's high school season with Mainland that you'll never forget, right? Chase Patty's senior year, you know, you're playing the top teams in the state, beating them, taking incredible trips, you know, awesome battles right up until the very end. Yeah. Um, and, and you're set kind of for that that baseball journey. And now all of a sudden we flip to the music thing, which I'm going to have you tell me about your kind of where this where this music all came from, because, you know, I, I see you playing the guitar. I see you playing these festivals like the uh, like our opening here. I see, you know, you get the crowd all captivated. And and then I hear that, like, you didn't pick up a guitar until you were in high school. Yeah, I didn't start playing till freshman year. I had a old guitar with only four strings instead of six on it. And uh, I was, I was always a baseball player. That was, that was my life. That was, I was your everyday baseball player, travel ball player. And I one day just was listening to some music. I was listening to Jim Croce who my mama just showed me. And I was like, this is super cool. I like this. I like this music a lot. And I got my guitar or the guitar that was sitting in the, sitting in the attic 
and I just started messing around. And a couple weeks later, I got a restrung guitar and I'm learning how to play some songs. And I'm just messing around, you know, having fun. It was a hobby to me for the longest time. So, but mu so music was always kind of in your family, right? You you had mentioned yeah. uh, before we started that your your mom still sings, but but was kind of has been in the industry for you know a long time. You know, played uh, long career in music. Yeah. So. so so where did this come in for you? I, I you you said you you kind of write your own. You've been writing your own yeah. songs for a long time. I mean, how does how does that process work? I started writing, so I started playing and singing, just covering songs. I'd say steadily since like winter of freshman year, and then I did that for a really long time. And I love, I've always loved country music. It's been my thing. And you ask anyone, they, you know, I'm a country music expert. I'm crazy about it. Even when I was, even when I didn't perform, I was obsessed. So I always just cover songs. Never really wrote. I didn't write my first song until spring of junior year so like not even a year ago is when i wrote my first song and now I'm, i've written a lot of songs i write all the time and i'm about to release my first original with the record label so if you had told me that i was going to be releasing a song with a record label a year ago i'd probably laugh and think you're crazy because a year ago i was thinking that i'm going to be pitching at mount st mary's in two years so it's definitely like a what happened kind of thing looking back but yeah I, Read it. It was. It all happened the way it should have happened. I think. Yeah, right. It's crazy because you know you go from you know not certainly you see these guys getting recruited in in ninth grade to play baseball, and you were most certainly not one of those guys. Oh no 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 no! Absolutely not. I was not. I was worried about making G the JV team at my high school my freshman year. That was like I was like the day we were walking in to see our names on the list. I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. Like, oh my gosh. And that was kind of a big year for me. That was kind of a year where I might have grown up a little bit mentally in baseball, and I wasn't so nervous anymore. I, did, I had a really good freshman year on J on JV. That being said, but it was definitely a year where I gained a lot of confidence and realized like I can do this. Like if I work hard, I can make this happen if I want to. And that's when I, you know, I was I went to BPC since seventh grade, so they've always been like kind of my guys. And they still are my guys. Even they, they come to my shows. They're always going to be my guys. I'm always going to be a BPC guy, even if I'm not throwing the ball at the facility. But they, they took me in and they were like, John, this can be a reality for you. Just put in the work every day and trust us. I did just that. And I got, I got my Mount St. Mary's offer and I committed. And it was, that was a dream come true initially. Yeah. yeah just to, just to have that offer to D1, it's, but but something happened that that probably, you know, changed the course of of your life, and we'll say for the better. I mean, it certainly seems like you know you're. It, it's just made it, you know, Mount St. Mary's things kind of went out of control there last year. Their coaching staff, um, mm -hmm. all gone at the end of last year, kind yeah. of forced that whole incoming class to to reconsider. I'm gonna put up here wow. something that that you said it, you tweeted out at the time that couldn't have been any more accurate looking back now is that, you know, eight months ago that, you know, you're just going to trust in the, the path that's in front of you. And yeah. you had no idea. I'm sure what that path meant this. Yeah. I had no clue. I was thinking like it was the path to my next school. Yeah. Like I, you know, in a way it was, but not for baseball, but yeah, that was, and what the what the new coaches are doing at Mount, Coach Leone, they look like they got it all under control, and they look like they're going to have a really good.
good team. Hopefully they make some noise in the NEC this year. Um, I'm really excited to see how that goes. They got a lot more commits. They lost five of us, I think. I think this. me, Tanner, Kyle, Tyler are gone. Dalton's gone. They're all – all four of them are recommitted to play baseball somewhere else. So everyone's doing well. I think two of them are D1. Um, the other two are at a top Juco and top D3. So they're all doing super well, and I keep in touch with them every day. They're my brothers still. And the other three that are still committed are going to have a great time. So I'm really okay. excited for all seven of the other commits who had to go through. probably fair to say that if that doesn't happen, we're not having this conversation, right? I mean, you would you would have been so geared up to get ready for being a D1 pitcher that none of this yeah. stuff could have happened. Yeah, because I was actually supposed to play my first – I played my first show July 1st. I was supposed to do it May 30th, which was the night before the prep game that we had. And I was like, Mom – I can't like cancel it. I'm a division one baseball player. I have to act like it. Like, this is silly. Once I wasn't a D one baseball player anymore, I was like, what's my excuse? Like, what am I doing? Like, just do it. Have fun. You know, I guess I kind of matured mentally and realized that there was more to life than just baseball. I feel like everyone kind of comes to that point at some point, whether it's your senior year of high school, like me or your senior year of college, or when you're retiring from pro ball, like there's, there's life after baseball and that's okay. That's something you have to accept, which I didn't accept for a very long time. Yeah, you just got to take these things as they come up and and turn them into something that's unforgettable. You know, you, it's your life. You control where it goes. Absolutely. Yeah, you're definitely in charge. So you got to do what's right in the moment and keep doing that. You'll end up with something bigger. So so you, you, you know, you had had that terrible news that your dream opportunity, your dream school isn't going to happen. And, and, and now we're left with this music thing. And you were definitely not a natural performer right I mean music is always a talent but wasn't like you're like yeah I'm gonna go out and play these shows I can't wait I'm so hyped to sing in front of strangers I would say um I I would say that I wasn't naturally confident in performing but once I got out there after like my third show I'd say that performing came pretty easy to me it was more just getting over that kind of mental block of like actually it's always when you start your first song when you first get up there and you introduce yourself and you're like taking a deep breath you're holding your guitar and you're like I hope this first note comes out right or I'm going to look stupid. Like, it's like, it's that first, once you play that first song though, like I've always felt really natural on stage ever since I first started. I've always felt like I've been able to captivate the crowd and, you know, make people interested. And I, most of the people have been uh, enjoying what I've been doing and that makes me super happy. I've had a great support system. And I've even developed a local following of people who like to come out and watch me. So I, to say I'm blessed is an understatement for what's been happening lately. You had a uh, life changer, career changer, kind of put everything in the focus for you last summer, um, towards yeah. the end of the summer in August. Um, yeah. You know, I know a lot of guys who went down to the, the Barefoot Festival in, in Wildwood, and I only know one who actually was a performer, and I'm, and I'm talking to him right now. So, so why don't you tell us about that experience, um, performing that set? I know it'd probably be like a four hour if we, you know, talk here yeah. about everything, but you know, and what that, that opportunity meant to you and just like how amazing it was. That was the moment when I kind of realized like, all right, I can do this. This is something I can do for the rest of my life because I've always, you know, when you hear your mom or your girlfriend tell you, oh, you're really good. Like, yeah, of course you're going to say that. Like, that's like nice. I've never been one to be super in love with my voice. I've never been one to be like, I'm the best. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty, I wouldn't say I'm not confident, but I, I definitely 
think lower of myself than others. I guess it's being humble in a way, but I, I once barefoot came along and the way it came along was such a roller coaster of events. I, I was blown away. I was literally, we were, we were getting ready to go to barefoot that night. Me and my, me and my friends, it was Thursday and me and my friends were getting ready. And I got a text from Jennifer, the woman who's the, she's the head of, um, head of media for cat country. If you know, cat country 107.3, they're a local radio station. She texted me and goes, Hey, there's an acoustic stage that panned out. You want to play on Saturday? And I was like, yeah, that is, I ran up and down the stairs. I was like, what, what is happening? This is, this is like, whoa. So driving down there that night, I was like, okay, this is cool. I met up with cat country. They showed me the stage and playing on Saturday. I was like, what is happening right now? I got to get, I got to go on the rooftop of the stage instead of being in a crowd, like with my friends and watch, watch the show from up there. And it was just like, wow, like this is a thing. So Friday I went to work and I just was still kind of in awe of what was happening. Yeah. How'd you focus on work? What's that? How did you pay attention to work on Friday? I work with my girlfriend and it's her family's business. And I was just goofing off the whole time. I was kind of like, yeah. Um, I went to BPC the next morning and everyone was kind of, I excited, I had announced it the, the night before that I was playing and I was like, dude, like what? And I was like, yeah, I know what that's the right answer. So, um, Friday night I went to bed and I couldn't sleep because I was also as nervous as I was excited. Saturday I woke up, drove down there. I park and I cat country, I had to go to the cat country car and I'd drive in with them. And we, we didn't go through the general admission. We drove in like a van under like ground, underground. We went up, we went through the backstage area. It was so cool loading in. I had my guitar case. I had a media wristband on. I didn't have like the GA. I had like a media pass. So it was like, wow, this is nuts that I'm here doing this right now. And I was there. I was there for a sound check before the place even opened up. So I was standing in the general admission area, giant beach where nobody was because i was you know i was the only one in there and john my favorite artist john party was doing his sound check and i hear his voice i'm like no way john party's doing sound check and i'm the only person here like that is so cool so i'm like running up to the stage and like trying to get his attention didn't work but you know <laughs> it is what it is um and then a couple hours later i sang about 11 songs i think four of them were my own and I had a decent crowd. People, people were just walking in. They were kind of walking by, and they were stopping. And they were watching, and I was saying, "What's up?" Introducing myself. It was a good. It was definitely good for my publicity. My Instagram, I gained a couple hundred followers from that. And it was kind of when I was like, "This is something I need to take super seriously and make happen," because that was a feeling I want all the time. Like that was my life. I needed to keep doing it. It was a rush that I never felt ever. So it was like, yeah, this is this is it. This is my thing. I was going to say, describe that rush of like that, you know, just before you go out or just, you know, before you're, you start your set. It just how can you put that into words for someone like like me? It's kind of like you're about to, it's like you just got out of line for a roller coaster. That's really, really big and scary. But then once you get off, you're like, I did that. That's sick. Like, that is so cool that I just did that. And everyone's like, that's so cool. You just did that. I'm like, I know. Like yeah let's go so it was a pretty indescribable thing to be honest i don't even remember i kind of like 
fizzed out at the excitement. But I remember that whole night, I got done my, my set at, like, 3.30. I didn't leave till 10 because, you know, I wasn't leaving. John Party and Carrie Underwood were performing that night. So I was just there all day, you know, eating steak, living my best life, watching my favorite artists perform after I performed the same festival as them. Yeah. And it was just pretty, like, wow, this is, this is a cool – and I'd go up to people or people would come up to me and they'd be like, you just performed. I'd be like, yeah, I did. Like, they're like, that's so cool. I'm like, yeah, go on my Instagram. I have 200 followers. I'm nobody. Like, yeah. Follow. I'm like, I'm nobody. You're not meeting anyone famous. So a couple of people asked for a picture. I'm like, yeah, I have one. Like, I don't care. I'm not famous. Like, <laughs> post it. So. Try, please, please take my picture. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, come. Like, get in line. Please. I'll be sick. So. The things have done since then in terms of social media. So even even from this record deal alone, things have gotten a little bigger and hopefully they keep getting bigger because that is, I feel like one of the best ways to make it in the industry is to develop a following. And I definitely, I like to think of it because I'm not, I'm nowhere near famous. I like to think of it as making just organic friendships with people that you meet along the way. And in a way, they're kind of turned into people who will support your music, which I guess you can call a fan. And that's what you want at the end of the day. You want people that want to want, want to see you succeed and want to hear your music because that's what this is. This isn't this isn't like I'm not an influencer. I'm making music that I want people to listen to. So if people want to hear my music and they look forward to it, then I'm doing something right. If I'm making yeah. someone happy, as long as I write, then I'm doing my job. Like that's that's what it's all about. I feel like meeting people and interacting with people who like your stuff is like the least you could do for them because they're doing you a big, a big thing by listening to your music. You, you get them invested in yourself and your story and, and who you are. And, and you've, yeah. got, you've got a fan for as long as your career goes. Yeah. You definitely want people to know your story. You definitely, that's something you could do in things like this where they know your story and maybe, maybe they listen to your story and they can relate to it in some way or they listen to your story and they're like, that's super admirable. That's a that's a really cool route. I'm gonna listen to a song. They like your song. It's on their playlist. Next thing you know, they're excited for your next release. It's it's something, you know. It's you want to just connect with someone any way you can, whether it's on one of these or in a song you write. You just want to make you want to relate to people. I feel like and make people feel good. That's that's what it's about. So Belmont University and 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 Nashville. And I guess you was that your first time ever down in Nashville this fall. And, and so, so you fall in love, obviously, with the ta- the city yeah. and the campus. And and did I yeah. see that you were at the Country Music Awards, the CMT Awards, that, too? Never, because I was not supposed to go to that. I scored dates last minute. So I was there. We need some stories or some just kind of tell us about how quickly you Nashville became like, all right, I love South Jersey, but but see, ya, I'm, I'm going to Nashville. I'd say before I I'd say that before the plane even landed, I was like, yeah. This is cool. I was listening to country music. I was circling around the city to the airport and I land and I get off the plane. And as soon as I get off the plane, you make a left out of the gate and there's a bar with someone playing live music. And I'm like, this is cool. You can get a gig in an airport here. That's unique. So um, we, we take an Uber to the hotel. We stayed at a hotel called the Moxie Vanderbilt, which is in between Vanderbilt and Belmont are like across the street. So it's like, right in between the two and it's in a really cool section a really nice kind of residential but more like a lot of retail really nice high class retail stuff so we were there and the 
as soon as we got there, the first thing we were like, what do we do now? Like we're in Nashville. We've never been here. We don't have an agenda. We're just here. So I'm like, let's go see Belmont. That's the first thing I did. And I walked around the campus for a couple hours and I was like, this is beautiful. I love this. I don't want to leave. And I instantly was kind of sold. We went and then we took an Uber downtown to Broadway and we just sat inside the bars. We went bar to bar for a couple hours and just listened to people play. And everyone kind of has a story. Everyone has ever in Nashville. It's not like everyone's from Nashville. It's you're a, you're a little fish in a big pond. Everyone, everyone that comes to Nashville is a, a big fish in their little pond. They come from all over the country, even world. So you get there, you got Alabama, you got Texas, you got South Jersey, you got, you name it. There's people all over and they're all telling their story, their culture. And it's a super cool collaborative place that I just wanted to call my home. So I made the choice and the food is also off the charts. I'm a huge barbecue guy and I like that. Yeah. And that's, I I'll take Nashville barbecue over the, uh, the Texas, uh, you know, oh. Southwest any day. So I'm huge on that barbecue mashed potatoes stuff like that so that was the first meal i ate when i was there and i was like i can get used to this yeah you're not a little guy yours was legit six three two hundred something right um so I'm, I'm, right now i'm about six two one eighty eight okay so I, was, right. I was about six three two thirty when i committed to mount but i definitely shed a few lbs uh recently um can't perform that weight you gotta that's a lot of moving yeah, around i luke comb you know I'm not trying to be Luke Combs. So. Um, so tell us about the record label, because, you know, as I, as I was saying, it's not like uh, Mike Olshin's independent records here. This is like, yeah. I mean, this is legit. You know, they've been up for country music, you know, indie label, record label of the year multiple times. There's, you know, yeah. great hist history to to this, this label you got that you're going to tell us about. And, and also... Yeah. Tell us about Here She Comes, right? That's our first single coming out. And uh, yeah, give yeah. us a little bit about both of them. Okay, cool. So um, Lemon Records has been around for 60 years. And they've, they've had a lot, of, a lot of good cuts come out of there. A lot of some, some good people. Um, Ricky Skaggs came out of there. He, he was signed with them at one point. They've had Grammy nominations. The, um, the, the label, my label manager was nominated for a few Grammys and he won some Dove Awards. So they're, they're not a, they're an independent label. Most label, there's only three labels that are not independent um, in the Nashville scene. And those are super, that, that takes some clout to get to. You can't really just jump right to one of those. You got to work your way up. But um, the Dave Moody, my label manager, really made me feel at home when I first started talking to him a couple months ago. And it was kind of like a recruiting thing. It was more like, like it was like a recruiting phone call. That's what it reminded me of. It was like, call me at four. We talked. Um, I sent him my song that was recorded. Here she comes. He liked, he liked my voice. He liked my writing. Production was good. And he, he wanted, he wanted to pick up my song. And he's basically what the record label does is it makes it available on all country radio in the country. It'll be available everywhere you can think of musically. It's just a lot of, a lot taken off of me to release my song and promote it. It's kind of their job and it'll be, it'll have spins on the radio. So it'll definitely kind of publicize me a lot more than I'd be able to. It's, it, that's pretty much really what it is. You give them the song. It's, it's released under Lamin records. It'll say that on Spotify, on the, whatever chart it may be on. My roommate actually in college is signed to Lamin records. It was, um, 
a weird little not a coincidence I'd say he definitely had a definitely had a help because today he he kind of helped me pitch myself to them he definitely his dad has a lot of connections so um they wanted to sign me and they liked that me and him were roommates they were like yeah that's cool roommates label mates like good friends like why not it's sick so I was super excited for that and um his song is actually number 80 on the charts right now um for country radio is doing that's that's really really good for someone who just released their first single so and it'll just into, and just going into college right i mean same yeah. year as you and all that yeah um you know he's, he's doing super well and to think that my song is going to be in the same hands as his is really exciting for me um and the song itself i wrote back in august it's not as much of a love song as you may think it's kind of a story um You'll you'll see when it comes out. It's more of a story. I don't want I don't want people thinking the the snippet I posted on my Instagram suggests that it's a love story, but uh, it's it's not. We always got to tease on Instagram the good parts, right? The yeah. best parts. Uh, yeah, I tease the chorus and the bridge. So those are my favorite. The second chorus and the bridge is I think the strongest part of the song. So I tease that. Um, I love the whole song. My producer Jim Allison did a great job on it. He killed it. So he gave me exactly what I wanted in the production of it. And it all came together super smooth and it got picked up. When, so, are, we, yeah. when are we looking at a likely release of that approximately? Sh shooting for late February, early March, I'd say. Okay. Earlier, the best, since I just signed um, yesterday, we still have to do some promotional stuff, some cover art. So, um, I have to send the CD down. Um, we got to do some stuff. He has to send me his part of the agreement. A lot more stuff that has to go down um, before we can get it out there. They have to prepare the country radio stations. Like they have to send them emails telling them it's coming. You know, promote it in any way you can. Just get get it ready to be released. I have to do my part. You know, teasing it a little more on Instagram. So follow the Instagram. Get ready for some more teasers. They're coming. And and if we follow the Instagram. Where give us that. Um, John Wood Music. Right now, actually, my account got hacked, but. It got hacked yesterday, and I'm trying to get back in. Hopefully, I get back in. I'm supposed to get back in today. First time of being famous is your account got hacked. That was like the worst part. It's like I, you know, I was posting it. I was on my lunch break at school, and um, I was telling my friends, I was like, "Yeah, I hope this post gets like 400, 300 likes. I'm sick. Like that'd be a, that'd be a record for me." And you know, the one post that gets a thousand likes and gets me a couple hundred followers, I'm 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 hacked. Like. That sucks. I would have rather I would have rather had like 600 likes and been able to keep my account. Keep your account, absolutely, absolutely. But still, follow Jawad music. I'll get it back. Yeah, exactly. Whoever, and, and and follow it, and you'll see what's on there too. Right. Well, you can still check out all the posts. Obviously, no, the you, posts aren't going anywhere. I don't. You think just can't do anything. Yeah, I don't think the guy who hacked it has any big plans. Page. I think he's just trying to mess with me. So, I think he's a Turkish man. I think he's from Turkey. So. Once I get a hold of that page, I'll give him a piece of my mind. But. Yes. Um, let's uh, put up here your upcoming shows, right? Let's uh, let's hype you a little bit here. We'll we'll put that up there now and tell us starting this week. Um, I guess that's uh, this Friday at uh, at Robert's Place down in Margate. Yeah, that Robert's Place is the place. That's they're one of the places that took me in when not a lot of places would offer me shows when I was first. Because when you first get started, like. You don't have that. You don't have that clout where it's like I, you can walk into any bar and get a gig. You can't right. do that at first. They're one of the places that gave me a shot, 
and gave me consistent work to the point where I could, you know, I could, I could pay my gas with music and I wouldn't have to work another job. So they give me consistent work. They treat me, they give me free meals every time I'm there. It's the place that makes me feel the most like family. They've been supporting me since before barefoot day one. They're my people. So anytime they ask for a gig, they have first pick. That's how it works with Roberts. They're my, they're my people and they always will be. Be there from nine to midnight on Friday. I'm so fired up. That's how it always is with them. I'm always stoked to be there. Absolutely. We got the Vagabond in uh, Egg Harbor on February 12th, right? Yeah, that's a new, I've never played there before. That's a bigger, a little bit of a bigger venue for me. Um, a lot of bigger acts play there. So getting that slot from um, Kathy was super, super big for me. I was super happy about that. And hopefully we're going to book some more dates down the line for them. That'll be super fun. And what do we got Fridays during the month of February? So every Friday I got, I got the slot at Santucci's in Ventnor, which is um, the, I guess the daughter, the daughter of the one in Philadelphia. It's a pretty little little franchise they got going there. They booked me for every every Friday in February, um, so that was super big. You know, financially it'll be a good month. Plus, I'll be able to do my thing and have fun because that's what it's mostly about. On stage, I'm having fun. I feel it's the place where I feel completely like myself. So having six gigs in the next three, four weeks. And I, I just did some March and April booking and I did a lot of my summer booking. So I'm, I'm pretty lined up for the next couple of months before I leave, which is exciting. It's, yeah. it's a good feeling. You have a lot of gigs to play. It, it's a bad feeling when you don't have anything to play. That's the worst. No, it's no. a famine job for sure. Yeah. I was I gonna say, that's, that's gotta be the stressful part. Not the perform. I mean, once you, once you perform a bit and you're on stage and you get past that, it, it, it just, Booking has got to be the worst part. Oh, it's a headache. It's 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 an addictive job because you're getting paid a lot. You feel like you're getting paid a lot more than you deserve because you're making really good money and you're not doing anything that you see as strenuous. Like I have fun. I'm at, I'm getting paid to have fun, and that's I think all I can really ask for. So when it's the dead of January and you have no gigs lined up and your gas tank is low and you're like, oh no, I have to get a real job. Like this sucks. <laughs> Luckily, that didn't happen. It was all – I could have probably made it through a couple months, but I did not expect these months to pick up like they did. I got a couple of dates in January that kept me afloat mentally. Like, I, I had some hope. And then I booked February, and I was like, boom, five dates. That's, that's big time. That's big for me. So, you know, it's a feast or famine, feast or famine job. And once you do it and you make the money, you, like, you get used to it. I went from July through December, you know, playing mostly every weekend, multiple times a week sometimes. And once you have not, you look to January, you're like, oh, there's nothing here. It's like, ugh, it's not good. It never you ends. don't want to again. So, and sometimes places are like, we don't do live music in January. It's too slow. I'm like, great. Mm. Like, but there are some bars, like, there are some bars that I will play for free and just work for tips just because some bars have given me opportunities when others didn't. So that's what I did this past weekend with Uncle Ricky's out in Vineland. And they could have me for free always. They treat me like family too. So, you know, places like that that treat you like family, you don't, it's not about the money. And it really isn't about the money in general. It's about doing what you love to do and making people happy because you make, you meet a lot of cool people and you make their night. If you, if you play a song they request, you know, might mean a lot to them. That song, you know, you never, you never know what people have, you never know what they're going through. And just being, being nice to people and meeting people is, like a great impact to have as a job. You'll know you hit it big when you meet who? Morgan Wallen. 
<laughs> I was waiting for that. You've got, see, you've got the country like bona fide story built in the baseball career. You, you the, the one offer. Um, that's, that's the, uh, the goal, right? Is Morgan Wallen and, uh, you know, where, wherever that leads you. He is, um, something. I, I, I have family in Nashville who, who know Morgan and he is, he is definitely something. He's a wild man. And he, he's kind of an idiot. He's, he's an idiot. He did a lot of dumb things last year, but you know, I, I forgive him. I think a lot of people have forgiven him. You know, you can't do that. But on the music note, he's, I can't say enough. He's so talented. And he has a little crew that he writes with, Hardy and Ernest. And meeting any of them, I feel like if I was able to write with any one of them, I'd feel like I've made it big. I feel like I've been, like that'll be the respect that I get as a writer because they're the best. For sure. Um, you know, we've got the two teams in the summer, the Kings and the uh, the Generals, South Jersey Kings. We're moving the ACBL down to uh, to South Jersey for the first time in, in five or six years. And uh, you obviously know a lot of the guys on that team from playing baseball. What What's the chances we can get you to do a perform, sing the anthem, get you to a game or two, uh, you know, hopefully blow it up a little bit and, uh, you know, see what we got and maybe get you get you on the anthem gig too let's do it i'm open to it i'll do it it sounds love fun it. love it we, nice. we, we got the best national we got the best national anthem singer in the acbl and we got the only anthem singer who can strike out anybody on the other team in three pitches i guess too right if it's ryan weingarner then i got him <laughs> yeah well he's he's on the trenton squad so he, he will be uh He'll be friend, but also enemy at the same time of the Kings. So, oh, yeah. He'll be, my, he'll be my enemy this year when we play prep. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Mainland uh, prep is uh, is on the schedule, I'm hoping, and uh, we'll have to uh, have to get down and see you your last year for sure. Yeah, we're going to have a good team this year. We're going to be a team to watch out for, I'd say. We have sneaky good arms. Sneaky. You're going to see a lot of people come out that you didn't know about. They're going to. Yeah. And a stuck catcher to catch them all. Oh, he's I we we're not gonna talk about him. He's too good. <laughs> so the only lot. tough thing I guess looking back is that you gotta give this this part up in a few months. But but looking back on your your baseball days, you know, this whole experience, how has it changed, you know, what your your mindset and your approach going into your senior year and your kind of your last time to do all these things? It's definitely nice to know it's a it's a bittersweet kind of thing but it's nice to know that this is my last season going into it because everyone has a last season even if you're Mike Trout you have a last season knowing when it's going to come is kind of a freeing feeling because you're like if I have to go play a game far away against a team that is kind of inferior it's like usually you're like this sucks I don't want to do this I want to go home you know I want to do my thing this year it's going to be like I'm not taking this for granted. And even if you're playing college baseball next year, I don't think you should either if you are, because you never know what's going to change in your life. Take it from me, change for me pretty quickly. So just, just really try to enjoy it and don't take any game or moment with your team for granted. I feel like that's something I did a lot last year because maybe sometimes I wasn't playing as well as I'd like to. And I was kind of taking for granted the bigger picture because there's a good amount of seniors that left last year that I'm never going to get to share the field with again. 
that I would do anything for like one more game with them. So definitely just soak it all in and it's, it's bigger than baseball. It's all bigger than baseball. Friendships are bigger than baseball. So make sure you're just appreciating the time you have with them because you never know when it's not going to be there anymore. Absolutely. Anymore. Well, you got yourself another fan for sure. So we just need a couple more million here, but, uh, but we're good. Um, Thank you, John. Uh, your story is amazing. Your story is awesome. Certainly wish you the best. I know it's gonna go, I know this uh, rest of this high school year is going to go by really quick before you get down to, uh, to to Nashville. But we are excited for you. Can't wait to see where this like you, you know how much the world can change for, for someone in eight months now. And uh, I can't that, wait to see. I can't wait bro. to see where it is eight months from now, you know. Who knows? Maybe I'll be tap dancing or something different. I don't know. <laughs> That's great. But. John Wood, our special guest today, Jersey Baseball Show. Um, we appreciate everybody checking out, checking out John Wood Music on Instagram. Um, follow him. Catch follow him it. at, catch him at uh, all of his shows coming up in February. And uh, certainly stay tuned for uh, Here She Comes when it drops before the season, which is also pretty cool. So now yeah. you'll get you'll get abuse from, from fans, from all your, all the opposing teams about being yeah. a, a country. Star. People will be singing it to me when I'm on the mound. I'm, I accepted that. Just hopefully it's a good bus ride team for you guys. Yeah, and, and that's good because that means they're listening. Yeah. So I want, <laughs> we appreciate it, John. Hope you have a, a great rest of the day and, uh, and best of luck. Thank you so much.